just a treasure each day. Teach us to treasure each day that we may open our hearts to your wisdom. Oh, teach us to treasure each day that we may open our hearts to your wisdom. Oh, teach us to treasure each day. Treasure each day. This is Trudy Lee Richards with The Day of the Winged Lioness, a podcast on rebelling against death from the community of Silos Message in Portland, Oregon. And we just heard Rick Brodner singing Treasure Each Day. Can't think of anything much more relevant right now than being able to treasure each day. It's been a while. I haven't made a podcast episode for quite some time. I don't know why. I don't think I had much to say. But then suddenly something happened that just threw me for a loop. And that's what I want to talk about. It was the war. The war in Ukraine. Which is just one horribly acute symptom of the violence that's been reigning in our world for so long, for so, so long. It's like we're all subject to it and we can't see any way out. So I want to talk to you about how we can live joyful lives, even in this situation where there's so much violence and nobody knows what's gonna happen next. How can we treasure each day? Seems like that's the most important question. Especially now because, you know, this war, it could grow into enormous proportions and I won't even say what we're all thinking about the possibilities. When it first happened and people first began to talk this way, I struggled because this is an old issue for me one that's always terrified me since the 80s when I was a young mother with twins and I was just obsessed that the bomb could fall and I'd have to watch my babies burn alive. So it's a big deal for me. Nothing I can do about it from my little individuality, at least not directly. So how do I make peace in my own life and around me, which is all I can do. How can I do that? How can I live peacefully to be at peace and joyful in my own life, no matter what, and somehow help others do the same? I think that's the first step toward changing everything. Back in the 80s, when I saw a poster that said, peace is possible, it's up to you, I just went 
I better call. It might be true. And anything's better than this, being consumed by fear all the time. So I did. I ended up getting involved with these people, going to the street and talking to people about peace. And then the most amazing thing happened because here I had been completely consumed by fear, not thinking of anything else, and I didn't know what to do about it. And the more that I thought about it and thought about it and tried to reason my way out of it, the worse it got. So I just did the most unreasonable thing anyone could imagine, which was to think that I could make a difference. And I joined these people that were also so deludedly convinced that they could make a difference because in the rational world, a few people talking to other people in the streets are not going to make any difference about what happens in the centers of power in the military-industrial complex. But we didn't care. We just had this wild thing called faith in ourselves and faith in life that took us over. So we were talking to people in the streets about how they felt, reaching out, you know, not focusing inward on our own fear, but reaching out and saying, hey, how do you feel about all this? And after several days of doing that, I just woke up one morning in surprise. Something was different. And then I realized, to my amazement and joy and relief, that I was no longer afraid. That fear was gone for the first time in so long. And so I've been doing the same thing ever since. And now here I am doing a podcast instead of talking to people in the street. But it's the same thing just trying to be here and be real and be positive and see what we can do together to make this world a wonderful, wonderful place to live. So I still believe peace is possible. I don't know if I'll live to see it, but I know that we can move in that direction and many, many people are. It's just a question of history. What is history going to do? And those are forces, large forces beyond our control. But on a smaller scale, you and I can do a lot. We can transform our own lives and help the people around us transform their lives. So we aren't tempted, as I've been close to a few times in my life, to go in a very dark doorway and never come out again. But how do you keep from going there when your mind tells you all is lost? What if? What if such and such happened? What if this war went nuclear? What if? What if? What if? What if? And maybe we forget that since the beginning of time, each individual's life has been full of that possibility on a smaller scale. It's just right now it's global, so it seems pretty damned horrific. But we have to admit that each one of us is going to die, apparently. Although I take issue with the idea that there's nothing more, because personally, I have the certainty from experience that there is more, that we do go on, that we don't die. It's just a matter of how do we live through the rest of our lives and move in a direction that will allow us to go in a positive direction 
toward transcendence. And I think that this kind of situation, this horror that we're all witnessing right now on such a massive scale, can actually push us in a very interesting direction. We all have heard of people or even know people, or maybe some of us are those people, who've all unexpectedly out of the blue have received a terminal diagnosis where they hear those dreaded words, you only have such and such an amount of time to live. And when someone hears those words, they have a choice. Maybe it doesn't seem like that always, but I think we always would have a choice because some of us end up closing down and getting depressed and feeling sorrier for ourselves and being generally very unpleasant to live with. Or we wake up, we go, oh my God, I'm in a body, I'm here, I can do things. There are many things that I want to do and there are people I love and this is my time. This is my time to live. Well, this is what has occurred to me now that in this situation, I mean, it's been building up to this for a long time with climate change and the violence in the streets and children killing each other and the pandemic, and now this war. So now we have all collectively been given a terminal diagnosis. Not necessarily that each of us is going to die in any soon moment, but our way of life is on its way out. The system we live in, the whole culture that we've been born and raised into, with the enormous value placed on individualism and possession and success, and the highest value being money and power and screw everybody else, get ahead. That world, that world is dying. That world is moribund, on its way out, on its last legs, which I say is actually quite wonderful. It's been so long, it's been so long we've suffered with each other and for each other and hurt each other without meaning to because of these values that we've been born and raised into. So now it's clear they don't work. They do not work. They're bringing us to our end. And so we have this moment. We have the choice. We can wake up right now. We can wake up and do what we love. Personally, I love to write music and poetry. And I love to write music and poetry and say things and sing things that bring hope to people. So that's what I'm doing. And when I do that, I am not remotely tempted to go into those fearful, dark places. I'm just not. I don't care how much time I have left. I am so grateful, deeply grateful to be here, and be here with you and be doing this. And so I just suggest to you that if that's not your case, if you're finding yourself falling into dark places that you don't want to be, that you just say, wait, you know, that's okay. What can I give? What can I do that I, brings me joy? Whatever it is. I used to read the works of someone called Peace Pilgrim that maybe you've heard of. She was an old lady, like I'm an old lady now, who walked across the United States, I think seven times, something like that, all by herself, 
walked for peace. I think she started it even in the 50s, perhaps. Anyway, she died in the early 80s, and she'd been walking for decades, maybe a couple of decades. And she devoted herself to spreading this message that people are good, and doing what you love is something everybody can do, and anyone can live a wonderful life and help each other and be joyful and kind. And so she used to go and visit people and she would help them if they were ill or unhappy. She would help them find what it was that they loved to do. And it could be anything. I remember one woman loved to arrange flowers. So she ended up getting a job at a florist and spent her days doing what she loved. And of course that changed the way she was to the people around her, her family, her friends. And everybody started getting happier because she was doing what she loved. She was bringing beauty into the world. There was another guy, an architect, who was, you know, had been working to be a success and had become quite successful, but he was miserable and not well. And so Peace Pilgrim talked to him about what he really wanted to be doing. And it turned out what he really wanted to do was to help people. He wanted to build houses that people could afford that would be wonderful places to live in. And so he completely changed the way he was doing things. And he didn't make as much money, but he had a lot more fun. So for us all to get through this time and move towards whatever is coming, whatever is coming, which is beyond our control as little individuals, we can still live the most wonderful, blessed lives we can ever imagine if we look and see what is it that we want to do? What is it that we love? What is it that we can give? It could be anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be flashy or impressive at all. It could be really small, like arranging flowers. Small and beautiful. I remember another person, another wonderful example, the mother of a friend of mine. She lived to be a hundred at least, and she was always happy. She'd had a very hard life. She'd raised many children all by herself, a single mother. What she did for a living was to take in washing. And when somebody asked her once, when she was very old, how she managed to be so happy, so cheerful all the time. And she said, I always love what I do. Not I do what I love, although that's also great, but I love what I do, which to me was quite amazing because she was washing other people's clothes and not getting paid very much and trying to keep a household of a lot of little children together. And she loved what she was doing. She just put herself there and loved it. There's one last person I'd like to tell you about, I, someone I know very well, because I live with him. He's my partner, Walt. And about three years ago, he found out that he had a condition, a terminal illness called amyloidosis. And of course, this didn't make him very happy. But as soon as he got over the first shock, he remembered how much he loved to learn and to study and to understand what was going on 
in whatever he was working on. So he decided that he would learn all about this disease that he has. And he devoted himself from then on to studying it and understanding it and helping other people so that now he gets called to panels of people discussing the different possibilities for how to deal with this disease. And he extends himself to a lot of people who are looking for answers. And he is so happy. I mean, the disease isn't fun at all to be with. To, it's, it's kind of a stinker of a disease. But he is doing what he loves. And that makes all the difference. It's just tremendously inspiring and lovely to see. I think I want to go out with a poem and a song something I do every day. I get together with friends on Zoom and we do what we call an asking for peace in Ukraine. We just spend 15 minutes together online. There are people from all over the world, from India, from Europe, from the U.S., from South America, and we all do this kind of guided meditation together, send our best wishes and our best thoughts and all of our intentions for peace to come. And this is so inspiring that one day I just wrote this poem called Unleash Peace. And before I read it to you, I'd just like to invite you to join us if you're interested in asking for peace. It's open to anybody who'd like to participate anytime. It doesn't have to be every day. Um, all you have to do is go to Facebook and look for the gift of asking, seven days of asking. So now, here's my poem. Unleash peace. Peace lives inside each of us, sleeping in our core. Find it, find it. Go inside, slip through that inner door, and steal into your heart of hearts, where all is well forevermore. There in the calm and timeless joy of deep eternity, whisper to your own true self, the time has come, my sweet, to softly unleash this inner force, this balm to end all suffering. Let it flow through all the world in gentle waves of warmth and peace, reconciling everyone, setting all beings free. Let it manifest and shine its joyous relief, blooming sweet in every heart, universal harmony. And we'll close with a song from a little group called the IRC Ensemble, a group I'm honored to be part of. We've been making music together virtually since the beginning of the pandemic. And we are looking very much forward to meeting in person for the first time one day soon. This song, written and sung by me and Rick Brodner, with Rick on guitar, is called simply Song of Peace. <laughs> 